Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Good morning and welcome to Hillside Assembly. We're so glad that you're here for our worship experience today. If you're a guest with us, we would love for you to stop out in our foyer at the end of service around our round table. We've got two free gifts we'd love to put in your hands. And of course, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better as well. If you're watching online and you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out on our webpage, hillsideassembly.org. We've got some great events coming up in the near future, so let's talk about some of those things. There are some phenomenal men and women that live in our assisted living facilities here in our community. We'd like to have a short meeting today following the worship experience in our church lounge for anyone who would be interested in being part of a ministry team to reach out to these facilities. What if we could take your passion for missions and your hunger for homemade pizza and put them together in a single package? Well, that's what we're gonna do today. The Kenya Missions team is making homemade pizzas. You can put your order in today and then you can pay when the pizzas are delivered Sunday, May 22nd. If you're interested in ordering a pizza, please see Pam Bollier in the foyer following today's worship experience. Well, she's got more energy than the Energizer Bunny. She has passionately served the Ripon community, and she has helped students reconcile their relationships with Christ for the past nine years. Now Mandy Kimes is getting ready for a major transition. She'll be with us Sunday, May 15th at 10 a.m. for a very special appreciation service. You won't want to miss this incredible story and this incredible opportunity to bless one of our missionary partners. We believe that God's goodness is worth celebrating. So we've set aside a special evening to celebrate the things that God has done, He is doing, and He will do in and through our church. We hope that you'll join us for our celebration banquet Saturday, June 4th at 5 p.m. We'll have a catered meal and kids will eat free. There'll be more information coming in the days ahead, but we can tell you that tickets will be available starting May 15th. I hope that you'll join us for our celebration banquet. Outdoor worship experiences will start Sunday, June 19th. Services will be at 10 a.m. in the morning in our lower level parking lot. We'll have more information and explain exactly why we're doing outside services this summer in the near future. Friday night worship nights are back for the summer. We're kicking it off on June 24th at 7 p.m. Our special sponsors for the night will be the Kenya Missions Team. We'll also have hot dogs, chips, 
and other things available for sale. All proceeds for that night go to help our Kenya missions team. Well, that's all of our announcements for this week. Would you stand to your feet as Robbie and the worship team come and lead us in a time of worship? Are you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Romans chapter 16, verse 20. I want to read that verse as we begin. It says this, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your... You know that God of a God that is victorious. This is amazing grace. Do you believe it this morning? God's amazing grace. If you do, let's sing it. Lift your hands to the heaven. Give them your worship. This is amazing grace. 
This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me All that you've done for me Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. God, we have come to work. You are worthy of our work. Voice, lift your words to the Lord right now. Just tell him how much you love him. God, we worship you this morning. Exalt you. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and how you are working in each one of our lives. Hallelujah. We exalt you, Lord. the fire again come like a burning 
like a rushing wind Come like the fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way, have your way With our hands to the heavens alive In your presence, oh God When you come, support out your spirit Like a rushing wind, come like the fire again, come like a burning flame, have your way, have your way, Lord, have your I know just this feeling and the sense this morning for some of you it has been a heavy week there have been things that you were dealing with and you just there's almost this sense I feel like this morning like the wind's been knocked out of you you're trying to catch your breath I want to tell you you're in the right place today you are in the right place today Jesus came to give you fresh breath, to fill your lungs anew, to lay down your burden this morning that you might feel his peace, that you might feel his strength and empowerment today. God wants to move in your life in a very special way, maybe a very different way than what we normally think about how God moves in a worship experience. I'll pray in just a minute, but you know what, Robbie, lead us in that song one more time. I feel like we just need to ask the Lord to come one more time. He's already here. He's here. But just ask him to come and to, to fill us with his spirit anew, to light that fire again within us. Would you join us? And let's sing together one more time, just asking the presence and the spirit of God to do what only he can do in our lives. Robbie, would you lead us again? We are your church. We are your church, we are your sons and daughters, we gathered here to meet with you. We lift our eyes, we lay our hearts before you, expectant here for you. With our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come, support out your spirit in love to be near you, 
spoke to us through your word and Lord we were on the highway with these two disciples and their time spent with you as you opened the word to their hearts Lord they said our hearts burned as he shared the word Lord I believe today that your word is going to set some people free you're here to encourage them to love on them to know that they are not alone and God we pray that there would be a fresh fire, not a man-made fire, but a fire of your spirit, that God, you would, and just a flame of faith would begin to take over people today as we get into your word. God, we thank you that you are an awesome, amazing, incredible God. There's not even words to describe how amazing you are. And Lord, we believe that you are here today for those who aren't able to be with us, the God who are sick at home. I know there are many that are challenged this week with different illnesses, and we pray for a healing touch on them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're about to do in this place, in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. We give you praise this morning in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Well, before we dismiss our kids, it's a very special Sunday. It is Mission Sunday. I got my brand new BGMC hoodie on today. I feel, whoo, man, I feel like I'm styling today. And I would like someone to come join me on our platform. Our very own children's pastor, Jackie Wiggers, would you come up and join me on the platform? Because we got to talk about missions. Oh, we're ready to talk about missions because we not are. only is it Mission Sunday. It's a special one. It's, it's also BGMC. It is. And can you explain what BGMC is for all of so us? So that is Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And so what we do is we want to see our kids gather, gather a heart for missions. And so we give them a buddy barrel. Yep. And, and why do we use buddy barrels, Ms. Well, Jackie? that's very important because long ago when this all started, there weren't just planes flying all over, right? They had to get on a ship. And on that ship, they had to put their supplies. 
one of my kids, do you know why we use the buddy bear? What did they put their belongings in? Who knows? Do you remember? Elena? They put it in a what? A barrel, yes. All their stuff got packed in a barrel and sent overseas with them. So that is why we have Buddy Barrel. And so we want to encourage our kids to give. Of course, we, we help them out with BGMC, too. If you'd like a Buddy Barrel to drop your loose change in, Miss Jackie, we'd love to give you one today. And I have them at that door exit and right in front of the church here. So there you go. So pick up a Buddy Barrel. It's a great way of things to do with loose change. Instead of going, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a coffee. What if you... What if you just took that loose change and you put it and you said, ah, I'm giving it to the kids for missions? I think it would be so cool. Uh, and we've done some really cool stuff with BGMC this last year. I was at uh, the district summit with all of our pastors, and they acknowledged BGMC. And so, Miss Jackie, this year, Hillside Assembly gave $10,200.72 to BGMC. That's on top of our missions giving. That's incredible. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you so much. So not only that, you uh, did great. That, what did all that money go towards? Our missionary partners, the Sislos, and I should have sure why morning. we have these beautiful sweatshirts um, on. And so one of our missionary partners, the Sislos, and I should have put their pictures on here. I'm sorry, but the Sislos are in Mexico. Uh, they contacted us. They contacted all the churches in Wisconsin. They had a tremendous opportunity going into the summer last year, um, and they were doing these classes for adults, not only talking about Jesus, but also just skills and life things. And they had these incredible classes that they were launching on Saturdays uh, in Mexico. And the problem that they had was is they did not have equipment or the ability to do something for kids. So a lot of these parents were saying, we would love to come to these classes and learn this material, but we need something for kids. So really quickly, they got on the horn to AG churches here in Wisconsin and said, hey, is there any way you guys could help us out? We need a sound system and we need video, uh, video projector. And we had a few other things that they needed. And God laid on our heart as a church to cover all that stuff for them. So we wrote them a check, called them up and said, look, you, you guys need to do this. We're behind you 100%. And so we were able to bless them in that way. So that's part of what that went to. The other thing that BGMC did this year and what we're starting to do next year is we've been involved with drilling water wells in communities around the world that uh, needed fresh water. But and now there's a new program out there, even better. We're going to transition. Um, not only are we going to continue to dig some wells, but we now have the technology to be able to give people their own water purifier system. Uh, it's in a five-gallon barrel. All the stuff is in there. You pour the dirty, nasty water in the top of this thing. It goes through a process. There's a pump on it, and fresh water comes out. It's pretty incredible. Uh, we have now started to deliver those, actually, in the last month. Uh, our missionary partners in Africa are starting to deliver them. And so this next year, as Wisconsin BGMC, that is one of our number one projects, is to get these, these water purification systems into the hands and families of people who desperately need them so they can have clean water. And the best part of this is, not only are they getting clean water, but when they get the training for this, the gospel message is shared with every single family. So how cool is that? Isn't that awesome? And so let's give it up for BGMC and our amazing God and the fact that we were able to be a part of this. But I also want to thank Jackie because she has had a heart for BGMC. She has done amazing things with our kids. Every single month, she is pouring into our kids uh, and trying to give, cultivate a heart for missions. And our district uh, wants to acknowledge that this morning, Jackie, with you. And so the Assemblies of God 
has designated top-giving churches as Gideon churches, eligible to receive a special award, an engraved sword, these churches have shown extraordinary steadfast, or to be steadfast in the battle for souls by giving faithfully to BGMC. This morning, our district acknowledges our children's pastor as a BGMC warrior, and they have given you a Gideon sword. That is amazing. So from now on, any disciplinary issues we have in the church <laughs> <No>. <laughs> are going to run through Jackie. Um, so, Watch out. Here we come. <laughs> so I'm just so thrilled to have such a great partner in ministry that pours into our kids. Um, would you just acknowledge how great a children's pastor we have today? And I'll tell you what, I, I, won't let, I, won't, I won't have you take this down with the kids today. You don't want this to go with us? I got a feeling really? that Why it not? might involve an ER uh, visit later today. No. So, so I'll ask my wife to come yes, get this and the plaque here. Thank you so much, Ms. Pam. And we will get that hung in your office at some point, both of those. So, And thank awesome. you all so much for supporting BGMC. We really appreciate it. And the kids and I have a good time with it. So most of my kids today are wearing yellow. Yeah. I have yellow on. It's I love underneath it. here. Um, so we are going to exit now. Is that okay, Pastor Can Eric? we pray first? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do this. Look, it's <laughs> Mission Sunday. We want to remind you, to, when we did Faith Promises uh, about a month ago, we want to remind you to give to missions today. If you made a faith line, and you can mark missionaries uh, that are in Ukraine, uh, they're currently out of country, but I talked with uh, one of the couple that is still ministering to Ukraine. They have uh, people in 13 different countries right now that they are continuing to do ministry with online every single week. Um, it's, it's a tough time. But one of the things that they encouraged me with was when I was talking to them is they said, Pastor, here's the thing. In the early days of the church when it came under persecution, it pushed people out of where they were from to other locations. We have now have our church is now in 13 different nations sharing the gospel message. Their people have now become missionaries. And so let's pray for our missionary partners this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to give to our missionary partners, to come alongside them, Lord, to be able to, be, to help with the financial burden, but also the spiritual burden that they carry. Lord, this morning we have men and women and children in a multitude of different nations that are there for one specific purpose, to carry the gospel message. Lord, we thank you for our heroes in the faith that live today. And Lord, we want to do everything that we can to come alongside of them. We thank you for the opportunity that you gave us to be able to come alongside the Cislos this last season and to help them in a moment of need so that they could launch a ministry that is now faithfully discipling people for Christ. Lord, I believe that we will continue to be a part of that. And we thank you for the blessing that you allow this church to be. Lord, may we have hearts to give. And Lord, I pray that, God, you would do amazing things. We have we've set a new goal for our missions. But, Lord, we need your help to be able to get there, and I believe to exceed that. I believe that this is meant to be a place of resource for your kingdom. Lord, not only do we want to be effective in preaching the gospel from this location, but we want to partner with people to take the gospel message around the globe. And, Lord, we thank you for you enabling us to begin to do that. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. And God's people said, Amen. And with that, we will dismiss our kids. Jackie, have a great time with our kids downstairs. I can already tell that my voice is getting a little raspy, so I'm going to grab my bottle of water now. So hopefully I'm not coughing and hacking here in a moment. 
Well, the Word is vitally important to our spiritual health, amen? And we want to get into the Word today. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. You might remember last week, uh, we're continuing kind of on this, the day of Easter, the first Easter, and what all was going on, and it's a bunch of crazy stuff that's happening. But last week, we were on the highway with two disciples that were walking away, thinking that their journey with Jesus was over, but Jesus showed up on the road and, and changed their lives, and and they were so impacted by their time with the Lord, they didn't wait for the next morning. They packed their bags, and they ran back to Jerusalem to be with the other disciples and to share the story of what Jesus had done. So that's exactly where we want to pick up in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 33 this morning. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true! The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. We'll get into the whole Jesus and, and Peter and the, the interesting encounter there in the weeks ahead. But today we want to stick with this group altogether. <coughs> While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Just in this passage of scripture, I find it very interesting that Jesus is fulfilling another scripture because the word says where two or more gather in his name, he is there also. Here they are talking about Jesus and Jesus physically shows up. This morning, as we gather together and talk about Jesus, I want you to know spiritually, Jesus is here in the building. The building, Jesus presence. So while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking he was a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. This morning, I want to talk to you for just a few moments about troubled hearts and open minds. I think that this image right here is a great visual representation of sometimes where we are. Our heart and our mind sometimes can feel like they're tearing us apart. That sometimes what we think is wrong and it damages us instead of building us up and encouraging us. And at the same time, the heart is the symbol of emotion. And sometimes our emotions 
can feel like they're pulling us and dragging us and weighing us down. At other times, they can feel like they're, they're rising us up to the ceiling, and, and there's this emotional roller coaster that we can kind of be on. And, and sometimes we feel like this guy that's represented in the middle where we're just being pulled by our mind and our heart in separate directions. But I want to tell you this morning, God wants to make you whole both in heart and mind. He's here this morning to speak an encouraging word to you. So let's talk about troubled hearts and open minds. So many unexpected things had happened in this day for the believers of Jesus that we just read about. So much unexplained that the 10 apostles plus other believers met together that evening to share and to witness with one another the stories that had occurred in their own lives. While Cleopas and his friends were telling their story, Jesus himself appears in the room and there were locked doors. The doors were locked and shut. Basically, Jesus shows up with his BGMC hoodie and his Nike sneakers that are all white and shows up and says, hey, I'm here in this amazing moment. And they freak out. <laughs> you would have expected that the believers to have this great sigh of relief and to maybe sing a hymn, start the praise and worship music. Let's, let's do another song, Robbie. But instead, they become terrified, frightened, and troubled. They thought a ghost had appeared before them. And it all happened so suddenly that they were totally unprepared, even though several of them had already seen the risen Christ earlier that day. Mark 16, 14 suggests that the condition of their hearts had something to do with the expression of their fears. Did you catch that? The condition of their heart had something to do with the expression of their fears. So let's talk about the first point in today's message, when fear grips your heart. Because for every single person in this room, there are moments in our life where our hearts are troubled. That's, that's just the reality. This thing called life is difficult. It's challenging. We've all been there going through our day when something uh, unexpected happens and hits us. He coming. But sometimes where things out of the blue, just emotionally, but, but physically there have been changes for so many of you over the last few days. We've all been there. We've all gotten the phone call, or you'll get the phone call if you haven't gotten one before, that comes, and it's bad news that comes with the call. Just a week ago, Robbie was out for a run, doing his typical thing, when all of a sudden, wham, he's passed out on the side of the road. That's unexpected. He had no idea it was coming. No idea. I'm glad that he's doing great today, by the way. It's great to have him lead worship today. Amen? That's awesome. God's good. So, Sometimes you go to the doctor's office and you thought it was just a regular checkup, but the doctor finds something and that look on his face when, or he says something along the lines of, well, that's not good. And all of a sudden, what happens? Uh, you got a feeling that's not too good inside yourself when the doctor says that. You find out that you're losing your job. You're finding out that something's happened in your family and you don't know how to, how to even begin to cope with it and to adjust. Here's the reality you and I are human. We're human. We're not machines. And because we're human, we have these natural responses in our life. And I, I want to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you when, when, when you come up against something and for a moment it takes the wind away from you. There's nothing wrong with you when you're hurt because of something that's happened or because you don't know what to do and you feel confused. There's nothing wrong with that. We're built that way. God made us that way to be these emotional beings. 
And fear is a natural response. For these disciples, it was a natural response. Because, see, the purpose of fear is to tell us that something is, is off, something's wrong. If this morning we took a road trip together and we go stood on a, 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 the tallest building we could find, let's say it's 13 stories tall, and I ask you to stand on the edge of the building, I hope that some of you would be afraid. <laughs> because if you're standing there on the edge and you're looking down 13 stories, your brain and your emotions should be going, you know what, this isn't a good idea. You shouldn't be standing this close to the edge. Because that is, the, that is what fear is for. It's to say, something's not right. Something's not right. Be aware. Something's not, this, is, this could end badly. It's meant to do that. That's what fear is supposed to do in our life. What fear is not supposed to do is control our life. And neither is any other emotion. Emotions are not meant to control us. Emotions are a great gift God gives us. They're, they're a part of who we are. They should add to the experience of life. That, that roller coaster, I know a lot of us don't like being on it, but sometimes it's, it's, it's supposed to add experiences, enhance our, our life. But it's not meant to control us. But you've probably all been there, and we'll all probably be there again moments where an emotion or fear just seems to grip our life, and it's like, what in the world do we do? It's, it's challenging. It's difficult. So let's go find answers. Let's find out what the Bible says to us about fear. I've got, I think, four verses here I'd like to share with you. Isaiah 35.4. Say to those with fearful hearts. It's like this verse is like made for today, just for us. Like, all these years ago, Jesus knew, look, on this day, they're going to preach this message. We have to put this verse in here. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. What a powerful verse. That verse is a promise that God says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you stranded. I am coming for you. I'm coming in your moment of need, and I will be there to save you. What an ink with you. My peace I will world give. So well, one nine. Have I not come and do not be afraid? Joshua one nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Maybe this morning you find yourself in a mess and you're like, I, okay, this all started off, it shocked me, I didn't know what to do, you took some steps, maybe you went in the wrong direction, and this morning you feel like you're lost, you have nowhere to go, guess what? God still says, I can find you. He is the best at hide and seek, and he's not hiding, he's seeking. He knows where you are this morning. He is not about to abandon you. I love Joshua 1 because it's so great, because God repeatedly tells Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And at the end of this encounter with God, Joshua then goes to his people, and he's starting to communicate the vision God gave him. And his leaders gather around him, and they say, we're going to do everything that you say, but Joshua, be strong and courageous. The very same words that God himself had spoken to Joshua, now the people of God were speaking to him. How encouraged Joshua must have been. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord. 
and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. In the moment, I know in the moment it's so hard. So in the moment, I understand that there's an emotion and there's fear. We've got to process that. But at some point, church, what we've got to do is we've got we to turn to Jesus and go, Lord, I need your help to process this. I can't do this on my own. The fear or whatever other emotion it might be that you're going through that grips you, that holds you, that you feel like is controlling you this morning in this moment, God is saying, you need to reach out to my son. You need to have a conversation with Jesus. And you can go, but Jesus already knows. Why do I have to tell him? I don't understand how this works, but there is points in Scripture where we can see, while God is always visually aware of what's going on, somehow vocal communication with God, whether, whether it's external or internal, I don't think it really matters for most part, but there is something powerful about when we pray. Our words move the heart of God. It's important for you to have a conversation with God. I'm glad that you're here. You're hearing the word. We're doing what we're supposed to do. This is what church is, is supposed to do. But at some point, you have to communicate yourself with the Savior. I cannot save you. I cannot deliver you, and neither can anyone else here. But Jesus sure can. And he wants to have a conversation with you today. So how do we do this? How do we go from fear or whatever other emotion that we've got that's gripped us, how do we move that space from fear to faith? Well, the Bible actually tells us, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Sometimes we have got to tell our own heart that enough is enough. And fear, you have got, we've got to push fear out of the places that it's in where it's controlling us. And remind, remind fear, you don't belong up front in the front seat. You belong in the back seat. And you don't get to drive the car from there. We've got to, we've got, there's, there's so much space. And we've, we have to be the ones to say, I'm going to put my faith into action. In fact, I think that a great way to do this is an illustration. And rather than have me do an illustration, it's Mission Sunday, BGMC Sunday. What if we had one of our missionary partners who also is somebody who participates in BG illustration about this very... Uh, this uh, candle here, this flame... is going to represent our fear. Now, fear in some ways, you know, we all have a little bit, and, you know, God kind of gave us that to help us, like, to to be like, oh, danger, you know, to have those, those, those things um, that help us. But fear can also be all-consuming, and it can take over. It can paralyze us. And it really can control our lives. So, especially fear without faith can really control um, our lives and destroy everything. I think of a uh, wildfire or a forest fire. 
if you've ever seen it, you know, it just goes where it wants to go and it burns what it wants to burn and it destroys everything. And I think fear is the same way in our lives. It consumes everything, even when we don't want it to. You know, I think of somebody uh, like who has what we call agoraphobia, uh, which is uh, they have a fear of leaving their house because they're afraid of disease and germs and the what if and um, it just keeps them from really living life and fear can do that to us so what do we need in order uh, to combat that you know so we need faith faith pushes out our fear well how does it do that what is faith first of all faith is believing in what we cannot see right so uh, it's believing that even though I am extremely afraid and um, that I believe that God is with me, God loves me, He is for me, He has called me, and no matter what I go through, He is going to be there. You know, I think of the verse in the Bible when it says, um, when I walk through the flames, I will not be burned. When I walk through the flood, I will not drown. Now, it doesn't mean we don't go through those things, but it does mean that we can have faith that God is with us and that he will help us in every moment. And uh, when we call out to them, he is right there. Uh, but faith is not just a, a word, uh, just belief. It's also an action. So faith without works is dead. So it takes an action. It takes me taking a step. Even though I'm afraid, I'll, I, I'm going to drive. Even though I'm afraid of it, right? Even though I, I'm afraid of what somebody else might say, I'm going to address that conflict. I'm going to walk into that, right? But we have to have that um, faith. And then it pushes out our fear, just like this. So this here represents our faith, what we cannot see, right? And so, but when we have that faith and we take that action and we take that step, it actually, pay attention to the flame. Ah, it pushes out our fear. When we have that faith, just like this. See that? Our faith pushed out our fear. And in Psalms chapter 53, verse 3, it says, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? And I think that pretty much sums it up. So when we have great fear, we can have great faith that will push. We've got failure. I also want to make a statement as your pastor. There are times in our life where there are things internally in our body that, that we need help with. And God has blessed us with partners in our life to help us with some of these things. There are some great medical doctors and physicians. I have a phenomenal doctor. And look, after COVID, uh, we know that there are things, my, my doctor and I have talked, and there is some type of chemical change that has happened internally in me. 
And it's in others too. I've talked with other pastors who are dealing with this same thing. And I had to go to the doctor and go, look, I can't, I, I'm not, I was never an anxious person like this, but I have anxiety like ridiculous. And we realized that there's some type of chemical imbalance going on. And so he helped me with some, some medications, and man, it makes a world of difference. And nowhere in there does that discriminate against my faith. I still go to Jesus. Do I still worry sometimes? Absolutely. It's not like I take a magic pill and it's all of a sudden it's like, everything's just really great and I just see roses everywhere. If you're taking those pills, you definitely need to see a doctor right away. Um, the fact is, is that all of a sudden when he did that, it became manageable for me. And I was in a place where I could operate in my faith and, and, and allow Jesus to, to move. Sometimes there's something going on in us and we need partners to come along. Jesus himself put a doctor on his team. That's not by accident. Luke was a doctor, and I believe continued to practice even after he was called to be a disciple. He was a medical missionary. So I, I just want to encourage you, if you're in a place where it just is overwhelming to you, it's okay to reach out to, to medical, medical help and get medical help. And listen, as a church, we are not going to belittle you for that. That is not the call of Christ. We will walk with you. Amen? Let's, let's be grown-up church, all right? So let's talk about, and point two and three are going to come pretty, quick, uh, pretty quickly here. One was kind of a big setup. I want to talk about the gentle heart of Jesus for just a minute. Jesus sought to calm them. The first thing he did was to give them his blessing. Peace be unto you. He even uh, repeated this blessing a second time. The God of peace has raised Jesus from the dead, and there was nothing for them to fear any longer. Because of his sacrifice on the cross, men and women today can now have peace with God and enjoy the peace that God gives. We're, we can have peace with God, and we can enjoy the peace he gives us to live our life. The next thing he did was to calm them. Uh, to calm them was to show them his wounds his hands and feet, and assured them that he was not a ghost. In fact, he even said, come and touch them. Come and touch and see. Come experience. And then Jesus, they still weren't convinced, Jesus decided to eat. So he eats some fish. It would be like basically there was a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's like, give me one of those drumsticks. I'm like, you guys think I'm not real? I'm like, ghosts don't eat. <laughs> I mean, it's just this cool moment where everything they were dealing with, Jesus is like, and he's not offended? He's not offended by the fact that they had this. He comes alongside them. Look, I don't understand it. I, I don't know, with my limited knowledge and probably every other person on the face of the planet, we've got limited knowledge on how this all works. We can't explain how a human body can, can be solid flesh and bone and still pass through a closed door or how someone instantaneously disappears. We don't understand how a glorified body can still carry the marks of the cross. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't know how it works. But because I can't explain it, because I don't know how it works, doesn't make it any less real. I don't always understand how God does what he does. But that's not my job, nor has God called me to that. And he hasn't called you to that. He calls us to believe. Longs for that. Doesn't mean that God's me. Jesus saw his followers were afraid. He didn't beat them up. He didn't belittle them. 
and he didn't tear them down. He did exactly the opposite. He built them up. He did everything that he could to assure them that they didn't need to fear. Jesus isn't going to come and punish you because of a moment of, of, of fear, because you're afraid, because of a moment where your emotions have gripped you. Jesus isn't going to come along with the sword and beat you up. That's not who Jesus is. He comes along and he's like, I'm walking with you. When Robbie went to the hospital, he didn't know what was going to happen. Guess what? Jesus was already in the hospital. He was already there. I remember talking to him. He's like, ah, you know, it's a little troubling, but you know what? It's all good. I got a peace. Because why? Because Jesus is there. In the moments where our faith seems to be gone, where the wind gets knocked out of us, Jesus wants to come alongside of you and restore your faith. He doesn't want to beat you up. Just two weeks ago, I have this incredible story. Two weeks ago, friends of ours who are part of our student ministry in Chi Alpha and South Dakota State University, they got to share their story in front of their church on Easter Sunday. I'd show you the video of it, but it's like 22 minutes long, so I don't have time for that. So I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Her name was Sarah. And so, uh, a while back, Sarah got pregnant with their second child, and uh, they, were, they were excited and anticipating all these great things. But on the second doctor appointment, there was a problem. And as they begin to, to dive more, one of those moments where the doctor goes, I'm concerned, they were unable to find a heartbeat of the child. And all of a sudden, all of their joy just ran out of them. They ran some more tests and believed that the child had died. And at that point, they had to make some decisions. They decided to go ahead and try to have Sarah's body naturally pass the child, as, as hard and as emotional as this was going to be. And they were just shocked and stunned. And so for a few weeks, Sarah was just very vulnerable in her testimony, just talking about the emotion of it all. And she would be angry, and she would be angry at people, angry at God, and that she's struggling to hold on to some truth. And she was just overwhelmed. Several weeks had gone by, and the child had not passed. Then doctors were concerned. They said, hey, come on in. We want to do a follow-up appointment because we want to make sure this doesn't get worse. Um, and there's not infection, that kind of thing in your body. So they came in. They started to run some tests, and the doctor had a weird look on her face, and she said, I, I, I think we, we need to take an ultrasound here. When they took that ultrasound, here was this baby, and his heart was beating. And just a few months ago, Kendall and Sarah had their second healthy baby child, baby girl. Emotionally distressed, God never came alongside of Sarah and beat her up. He came alongside of her and held her hand. That's an incredible miracle story. Incredible. And I know that those stories don't always end with that incredible ending. But whatever the story might be, Jesus still comes to hold your hand. He doesn't come to beat you up. One last thing, an open mind. I've heard pastors say, if you keep your mind too open, your brain will fall out. And that's probably true. But I want to talk about an open mind to the scriptures. 
Verse 45 in, Luke, in this chapter in Luke says, Then he opened their minds so that he, they could understand the scriptures. This is the assurance. We must decide to make the Spirit of God will always be aligned with the Word of God. That is why we must decide to make this the foundation of our faith. Our foundation of our faith is not emotional. It's not in a feeling. Because feelings can lie. They can lead us down a wrong road. They can have, you can have great intentions out of feelings, but still run your life aground if we don't follow the word. I love what Jesus does here because it's the same thing that he did on the highway to Emmaus. He took the scriptures and opened the minds of his believers so that they could understand. Church, we need to approach the word of God with an open mind. If you go into reading the word of God with preconceived ideas, I guarantee you, you will miss out on spiritual revival in your life. I'm just not talking to new believers here. I'm talking about people who have been raised in the church. Two years ago, I thought I understood things. God took me to a place of breaking me so that I could see the word of God for what it was. I, could, I still could preach. Five years ago, I could preach. But I tell you, I'm a far better pastor today, a far better preacher today, because I don't go into the Word of God with a preconceived idea anymore. I say, Lord, show me the Word. Open my mind to it, that it might be the thing that guides me. Because things I thought I understood, I really didn't understand. Hebrews 4.12 says this, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Oh boy, that's convenient today that we're doing this. This wasn't in my notes. We just happen to have this. It's like God knew we needed this. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. You can bring back that picture of the sermon title. We need a word in our life so that when emotion overflows our hearts and begins to burden us and take us down and control us, that this word of God can cut us free. When our mind has the wrong thoughts and, and, and we're too busy complaining and we're too busy griping and we're too busy about our preconceived ideas about people and their opinions and how they're living and everything else, and all of a sudden it starts pulling us out of the will of God and what we're supposed to do, we need the word of God to cut those ties free that we might be his ambassadors to the people who need us because they need him. But the only thing that can do that is the word of God. Church, would you stand to your feet this morning? This thing is really cool. I should preach with this all the time. God is not here to beat you up.
The church does not exist to beat you up. There are times where the word of God will rebuke us. There are times as a pastor we have to bring correction and discipline to things. But I want to tell you, God's not here to punish you. And neither is the church. We're here to encourage you. Your burden. But the word of God says you are not alone. That the king is here. And he has come to deliver you and guide you and walk with you. To hold your hand through this season of your life. You are not alone, church. I'm going to pray with you in a moment. I'm going to have Robbie lead us in this song. Sometimes the words to a song can say things better than we ever could communicate. And I just want to give the opportunity for the Spirit of the Lord to move in this space this morning. To do something really cool in your life. And to encourage you that you are not alone this morning. Robbie, let's sing that song this morning. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain. Dip your heart in the this morning and he can put your broken life back together can mend a mind and bring peace to your heart
you don't have to be alone. The worship team is going to lead us in this song again and one other one, but I want to open up these altars to you. Listen, can I tell you something? There is nothing shameful about coming to an altar. People like, think we just think the devil lies to us. He's like, well, if you go up there, people are going to think your life is broken. Guess what, devil? My life is broken. You're not telling me anything I don't know. But this is the place where I'm made whole in the presence of my king. So I'm not ashamed. And I'm just like you. And I need to be in the presence of God for him to heal my heart and my mind. So we will put the altar to experience and we'll take care of that. But God wants to, to just let you know you're not alone. And there are people here that will pray with you and stand with you because we've been in your shoes. We're probably there ourselves today. But the altar is open. Lord, I pray. God, as we close our service in worship, we have an opportunity to engage in your presence, whether at our, our pew or up here up front, to just be in your presence today, to feel your touch, your hand on our life. We're overwhelmed with fear or other emotion, brokenness and sorrow and pain. And, and all these things have to be a part of our life. But God, for some of us, it feels like they're overwhelming our life. They're controlling our life. We need you to bring peace to this heart and stability to our mind through your word today. Lord, I love these people, and I know that you love them. We need you. I know that you're already here. As Robbie and the worship team continue to lead us in worship, if you want to come to the altar this morning, your God is here. Don't be ashamed. Nothing crazy is going to happen except the presence of God is going to meet you right where you're at today. Robbie, would you lead us?
I hope that you felt the presence of God here today. Now, anytime that God gives a message like this, I, I'm aware of two things. One, there are people here today who you came into this place with this burden, with the emotion, um, maybe feeling overwhelmed by some emotion and hurt. The other side of that coin is that there is a good chance that going into this week that you might deal with this. And I want you to let you know that you find yourself there this week. You just need to take a breather and call upon the name of Jesus. Okay? God doesn't give out these words like this willy-nilly. There's probably some things for some of you this week that you're going to face that are just going to be hard. I want you to know you are not alone. Call upon the name of Jesus. He is there for you. And if you need people to stand with you something this week, give us a call. We will stand with you. Amen? And hey, we got some good things going on this week too. Because Thursday and Friday, we got a wedding going on in our church. Sarah's back there. She's got a smile on her face, so I'm presuming we're still on. Yes, we are. That's good. So, uh, so look, office hours this week will be a little bit different, but call, leave a message. We'll get back to you as soon as possible if you don't get a hold of us. But it's, it's great to celebrate victories like that. Amen? And so uh, I'm going to ask my wife, would you come and just stand with me? We want to pray over you this morning as we get ready to leave because this is a great word for us. God's not leaving us alone. He's right here. He's holding our hands through this week. Sarah, if you get a little nervous, Jesus is there. All right? And so uh, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for an amazing church family. Lord, we realize that we're humans and we're broken and that we, we've got problems and we struggle and we fall short. But God, you're not a God who condemns your people. You're a God who walks with your people. You love us and you encourage us and you, you, eat, you eat fish and fried chicken and bread with us and you hang out in our life and you show up and you just, you're so real for us when we need you there you do everything in your power to show us that you're there lord if we're we're here today and we came in broken i pray we're leaving whole and lord if this week we get the wind knocked out of us with things that happen that we would take a moment to call upon your name to breathe and to allow your spirit to work in us allow your word to work in us let us be quick to call upon your name when we find ourselves in trouble and Lord, we thank you too for the end of this week where we will celebrate one of the things that you love to celebrate, people's lives coming together in marriage. And I am so grateful for Lydon and Sarah. And they want to honor you and they've got great adventures in front of them. And Lord, we want to be right beside them the whole way as their church family. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, quick reminder, we do have a meeting. If you're interested in being a part of uh, a ministry to our assisted living facilities here in Ripon. We'd love to just meet with you. Won't be a long meeting, maybe 10 minutes maximum. Just want to hear your heart, see what the time commitment would be that you have. Uh, you, we're going to meet in the lounge in 10 minutes. And then also, if anybody likes pizza and you like missions, what a great opportunity. You can order pizzas today. Pam has got the sign-up sheet. You don't have to pay to the 22nd. And there's like eight different pizzas you can choose from. You can buy multiples. But if you're thinking about eating pizza anyway, why not eat pizza and do something for missions? Amen? So she's in the foyer. Guys, have a great week. God's going to do great things. We'll see you later.